Hey, it's Brian, back with another Burr Month's bonus episode. Now that the Christmas season is in full swing, so is the 2019 season of this show. So let me just remind you that I'll continue to sprinkle in these bonus episodes among the show's core content. That's where I explore a tradition's backstory and share your Christmas memories. These Burr Month's bonuses are my way of adding just a bit more festive fun to your podcast feed. And you'll always be able to tell which episodes are which, because these episodes will always have names beginning with Burr Month's bonus. Now I hope that your Christmas season has been wonderful so far. This year brings us the shortest possible time between Thanksgiving and Christmas, so every day counts just a little more than usual if you really want to make the most of the season. And I'm grateful that you're letting me be part of that. As always, I'd like to thank everyone who's left a review recently on Apple Podcasts. Those reviews help to make the show more visible to people searching for Christmas content, so it's kind of like spreading Christmas cheer. And I'll even send you a sticker to say thanks. Message me on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram for details, or write me at christmaspastpodcast at gmail.com. That's also where you can send me your Christmas memories to be included in an episode this season. There's still time. Record a voice memo into your phone and send it over. Keep it to roughly a minute, keep it clean and family-friendly, and be sure to say your name and where you're from. Before we get to the episode, let me remind you of a couple of things. First, Christmasland is an immersive Christmas movie experience happening December 15th in Los Angeles. When you walk into Christmasland, you'll feel like you're walking into your favorite Christmas movies. With a gingerbread decorating competition, a crafting corner, and carolers serenading, you'll be sure to get all the feels. There's also going to be a live panel discussion with some Hallmark favorites. So follow at Christmasland Experience on Instagram. There might even be some giveaways along the way as well. I'll be there too, and I'd love to meet you there. Also, Christmas in July is coming in July, on the 24th through the 26th in Nashville. Some of the celebrity guests have already been announced, including Joey Lawrence and Brendan Fair. I'll be there too, and I'd love to see you. So go to silverscreenevents.com for details. You can also look for at Christmas in July convention on Instagram or at a July Christmas on Twitter. I put links to all of the above in the show notes for this episode, so you should be able to see them on your phone, but you can also get them at christmaspast.media. Now for today's episode, we're taking a trip back to the 80s, when it was not only possible, but likely that any popular toy would have its own line of spin-off merchandise, maybe even a breakfast cereal and a Saturday morning cartoon. And, if it was popular enough, a Christmas special. The Cabbage Patch Kids, He-Man, Pac-Man, even the Wacky Wall Walkers all had their own Christmas specials. Well, anyone who grew up in the 80s will remember Glowworm, and eventually an entire product line called the Glow Friends. Well, 1985 brought us the Glow Friends Save Christmas, a half-hour special in which the Glow Friends have to save Santa Claus from the clutches of an evil witch who's determined to stop Christmas. I recently caught up with some of my Christmas podcasting colleagues to discuss the good, the bad, and the head-scratchingly absurd about this largely forgotten cartoon special. You can find it on YouTube if you'd like to watch it yourself, and I'll put a link to it in the show notes. I'll come back at the end to wrap up and say goodbye. But for now, here's my discussion with Dwayne Bailey from Tinsel Tunes, Todd Killian from Christmas Clatter, Tim Babb from Can't Wait for Christmas, and Mike Westfall from the Advent Calendar House discussing... The Glow Friends Save Christmas. 
Hello, everybody, and welcome. It's yours truly, Brian Earl here from Christmas Past. I hope wherever you happen to be in the world that it's somewhere nice and that you are feeling the Christmas spirit just as I always am. And my friends here are as well. Why don't we go around the room and see who's with me here? We have uh, Todd Killian. Hi. Hello. Now, Todd, you are the host of a podcast (laughs) called Christmas Clatter, which has been around since March of 2019, correct? Uh, May of 2019. Yes. And for Uh, those who've never heard it before, how would you describe it? Um, it's just a, uh, we just discuss everything that makes Christmas special, whether it's, um, music or movies or food or decorations or toys, or, uh, even those, uh, quiet moments of reflection people seem to enjoy around the holidays. If it's, uh, something you do at Christmas, well, it's a, it's a game to talk about. So. All right. <laughs> and so, and so now that the Christmas season is, is picking up, you're going to be doing more episodes. Is that correct? Yes. I had uh, two episodes in November. I'll have two, at least two more in December. I'm, I'm thinking about a third one, but two for sure and coming up in December. Well, we're looking forward to that. And up next, all the way down on the other side of the planet, uh, with special special arrangements made so that we could make this work. It's 8 p.m. here in, in um, California and in New Zealand. What time is it, Dwayne Bailey? That is 10 past 5 p.m. And, and uh, on so, Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And uh, Tim's doing a little math over there. We'll get to that in a moment. Couldn't help notice behind you is a drum set. Um, take that to mean that you're a musician. And it's yes. only fitting that your podcast is Tinsel Tunes, named courtesy of yours truly, oh, of yourself, I should say. <laughs> His truly? Is yes. that how that goes? Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yours truly. Yeah. So now I've been going now since August 2018. So over a year now. Wow. Yeah. And so, yeah, every month you tell the story behind uh, Christmas music or it's either the story behind a song or is there a little sampling of Christmas music from movies, et cetera, right? That's correct. So I've done a couple of episodes where I've taken a movie like Santa Claus or Elf and discussed a bit about the, the songs throughout the movie. Mm-hmm. And in other episodes, I've just taken a song and dived deep into that and its history and its different versions and, and how it's perceived. So, yes. Okay. Yeah. Well, up next, we have Mike Westfall in Orlando, Florida, if I'm not mistaken. Close enough. Close enough? <laughs> where, where are you in Florida? Uh, it's it's a, little, a little south of Orlando, so we can say Orlando. Okay, somewhat near the Advent Calendar House, whatever that is. Absolutely. It's uh, my little tiny bungalow where I watch Christmas specials all through December. And so some of the ones that you have up on coming for this year, I happen to know one of them. Um, which is, <laughs> which one was right. that, by the way? Cricket on the Hearth. Cricket on the Hearth. Yes. Oh, my goodness. And then um, and the reason I know that, guys, is because I'm on that episode. Uh, so what other things are in store for this season? Uh, well, we kick off December 1st with Mickey's Christmas Carol. Heard uh, of it? Anyone? <laughs> <laughs> uh, and we do some obscure ones like the one we're covering tonight, but we're Ending on Christmas Eve with Rudolph. Spoilers. Uh, the original Rudolph? <laughs> the original, yes. Perfect. One I haven't gotten to yet, and I figured, you know what? We need to address the spotted elephant in the room. <laughs> <laughs> Got that reference. Okay, and last but not least, we have from Redwood City, California. It's a comedian and podcaster behind Can't Wait for Christmas, Mr. Tim Babb. Hello. That's a me. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, it is uh, Can't Wait for Christmas, the podcast that takes a comical look at all things Christmas and currently is in the middle of voting for what you think is the best Christmas food. It's down to hot cocoa, mashed potatoes, and pumpkin pie. 
So be sure and vote before December 13th. Plug, 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 plug. And it, is, is hot cocoa a Christmas food? Uh, those all food and beverages are in the same yeah, category? It all, it, yeah, it all sort of swirled together. Yeah, it was hot cocoa versus eggnog at the beginning. I thought they both would get knocked out by now, but mm-hmm. cocoa made it all the way to the end. So, Tim, you're actually the elder statesman of the group. You've been doing this longer than any of us uh, since 2015 with your show. Back in my day, we <laughs> didn't have Christmas <laughs> podcasts. You listened to a little tune on the radio and you liked it. <laughs> well, guys, I don't know if any of you noticed, but uh, I'm glowing. And, and that, was, <laughs> oh, boy. that was in preparation for, for the reason that we all came together, because we are here to discuss one of the, the, the true masterpieces of Christmas animation from, from, the, from the 80s, uh, 1985's Glow Friends Save Christmas. And we still got a straight face. <laughs> no, that didn't last long. So FYI, everybody, we, we had grand plans of pretending that we all thought this was the most wonderful thing ever. And that, that lasted all of about five seconds, didn't it? Um, yep. We all have strong opinions on it, for sure. And I, I'm going to guess that I tend to have a more favorable opinion of this. And we can get into all of those reasons why. But maybe that's a good way to start off. Uh, let's see. Out of one to five candy canes, how do we rate this? I'm going to give it a four, honestly. Uh, why don't we see? Ow. Todd, where do you fall? Um, I will give it a solid 2.75 candy canes. <laughs> it seems like you really crunched the numbers on that one. And <laughs> the candy canes. <laughs> Wayne, what do you say? I'll give it one red stripe, no white stripe. Oh, my, well, what does that even mean? <laughs> I just don't like it. <laughs> it's, not, it's not even getting the colors of the candy cane, just one color. Okay. <laughs> Spoilers. <laughs> that would be a 0.5 then. Yeah. And trivia tidbit. <laughs> yes. Yes. Candy, candy canes, the original candy canes didn't actually have white stripes. They were all white. Just thought I'd throw that in there. All right, Mike, where do you fall on the candy cane spectrum? Well, since we're snapping candy canes, I'm going to do a little lower than Todd and say two and a half for effort. <laughs> <laughs> this is effectively a pilot for the Glow Friends show that happened later. So mm-hmm. that's amazing. Yes. That someone saw this and said, let's make a series out of this. <laughs> we did it. This is yep. amazing. We're all Nailed geniuses. Well, let's give ourselves raises. Oh, spoiler alert. My candy cane rating is I gave away all the candy canes, crashed them into dust, and threw them at the director. <laughs> if the for, if the, this is how the glow words have to save Christmas. Maybe Christmas isn't worth saving. <laughs> okay, so cards on the table. I, I, yeah. My prediction came to be correct. I definitely <laughs> like you a good night. <laughs> okay, so have you guys you ever played that game when you're a kid, like one person starts to tell a story and then they hand it off to the next person who has to continue the story? Let's see if we can tell the like do a plot synopsis of this movie in that fashion. I thought Only, you were gonna say that's how they wrote the script. And I yeah, would no, that probably <laughs> I think this movie was written by a bag of cocaine. (laughs) (laughs) It was the 80s, you know. Okay, so our story begins, and Todd, get ready, because you're next. Our story begins in the magical glow land, right, where we we go into a glow tree, and we see a a glow, uh, the whole glow family is hanging out there, right, and they're singing about how they're the glow friends. Yes, and that's the, the opening sequence. Is we're sort of flying through glow land with um, uh, glow bugs, glow flies, or the firefly. Like I don't, I still don't quite understand all the characters because there's one that's kind of like a centipede. There's a glow worm. There's ones that can fly, and then there like might even be one other kind of creature. There's but a turtle. Meet. I'm pretty a sure turtle. I saw a spider. Yeah. A there's a guy in a top hat. 
Oh, cricket. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so they're singing about how they all glow, right? This is like, sort of like um, what, what we in the biz like to call exposition. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Getting a sense of who these glow friends are. And then what is the first plot point, Todd? Like how, does, how do we get the story rolling well, from there? Well, the first thing I noticed is then a snowball fight breaks out where they all tend to turn into um, stormtroopers and can't hit anything. <laughs> and, and I can't tell if everybody was getting mad at each other or if they were having a good time uh, with the snowball fight. But I guess whatever uh, disputes were going on settled in pretty quickly after that. So, And then uh, we see Santa and then um, Blanche, the Wicked Witch of the North, who wants to become famous and end Christmas and thinking that would really make her famous. Yeah. So that's sort of the, the act one setup, right? Yeah. That all that gets us to before the first commercial break mm-hmm. where Santa's doing his thing. Blanche is doing her thing. Glow mm-hmm. friends doing their thing. Uh, and then, then what happens, Dwayne? I fell asleep. i had four teams that were watching this um that was seriously the first time i fell asleep (laughs) um what i recall was a moose Mm. yes um having a discussion with blanche and the fox around her neck and the moose doesn't really want blanche to is it blanche or blanche blanche where i come from i think yeah uh to to hurt santa but uh she sort of reminds him how Santa wouldn't let him pull the sleigh. Um, that's about as far as I remember up to that point. So I'm not sure if I missed anything. Uh, no. yeah, I think you're right. So I think we, we get most of that information uh, in song, of course. Uh, mm. um, so Blanche is singing her song about, and I'm not really sure what her motivation is. Like she's manipulating the moose because he's not on board, right? He's saying, why are we doing this? And, and mm. so she reminds him, well, you wanted to pull his sleigh and he wouldn't let you. So like, are you going to stand for that? That's how she's getting him on board. But the, um, the raccoon or the fox around her neck, I think is just sort of like there for commentary and comic relief. But does anyone, did anyone catch like, what, what is it that she doesn't like about, um, <laughs> quote unquote, <laughs> comic relief minus the comedy. Um, what, <laughs> like what, what relief. is... <laughs> Why doesn't Blanche like Christmas? Uh, because, she doesn't. Oh, oh, sorry. She doesn't like Santa because he's famous and she's not. That's really it. Oh, I see. It's just it's pure jealousy. Yes. Because then she also at one point says, you know, even when, after I kill Christmas, uh, I, my work isn't done. The Easter Bunny is next. So I feel I didn't Mother's know if she Day. was. <laughs> did she say that? Day. She did. Yes. So I didn't know if she was just like this one, like all purpose evil character just doesn't like Christmas and wants to take it away from everybody. Or if she had a specific, it's really because she wants to be more famous than Santa Claus. Yeah. So her, her big plan for how to be famous is to take away uh, these holidays, starting with Christmas. She thinks that's going to make her famous, Uh, which maybe, but I don't think you know how fame and adulation work. (laughs) (laughs) So just take it. (laughs) So I think it is after the uh, first commercial break or something like that, Blanche does her dirty work, which comes in what form, Mike Westfall? It comes in the form of angry, roaring clouds that, oh, wait, no, that's before, that's later. No, Uh, she casts some kind of spell Mm -hmm. on the forest where the Santa happens to be flying over makes the trees come alive into giant angry ants and they kind of knock Santa out of the sky. 
and yeah, I think they like him. Yeah, they grab him and they ground his. Oh, that's right. They grab him and they branch him in this cage of ice with the reindeer, and all of them, all of the reindeer have human voices, and they're all shouting for help at the same time, and it's very unnerving. (laughs) (laughs) You could say they've got the blues, and that's that's another. Not only could you say it, (laughs) you could sing it. (laughs) But should you? (laughs) With a dancing chorus line of reindeer. This is what Singing we know about is, the blues. Uh, foreshadowing everybody. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna get there. And and the world's strongest ice, I might add. Yes, exactly. Yes. A cage of strong ice. Yeah. Okay, so so Santa is is grounded. His his sleigh is pulled out of the sky by a tree upon which a spell has been cast. He falls down, and then he gets encased in a kind of um, it's it's in the middle of a river. So they're surrounded by water in all directions on like an ice flow an iceberg i don't know what you call it, like a structure of ice right uh, and then he and all of the reindeer are trapped in this cage of ice and then that is basically the setup for our story right and so now the glow friends how did they get word of this i, 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 I was just I they was watched just like the, they saw it happen the dra- the dragonfly and the one that always rides the dragonfly saw it happen oh oh i see yeah, there, yeah there's an eyewitness mm-hmm. his name is shovelbug so apparently Glowwormland is North Pole adjacent. <laughs> apparently. Yeah, I kept North Pole geography in every Christmas special is just all over the place. So but when you when they set up the Glow Friends series later on, it's very green there. So I don't know Canada. <laughs> <laughs> it's cheaper to make the movies there, so that's what they did. Yes. <laughs> they get a lot of tax breaks. <laughs> And so, so they get word, and then the glow friends make a couple of gallant attempts to go save Santa Claus. Right? They make a caravan, and then Blanche is trying to thwart them at every every stage. Right? So they're they're walking through the woods, and then doesn't Blanche come and stop them somehow? I forget the first way that oh, she stops them. Well, first they split up because they hear the moose calling for help, and so half of them go to help the moose, oh, who's right. creatively named. Moose. <laughs> and then the other half continue on to find Santa. And that's when Blanche shows up, makes ice flowers that for some reason become like Venus glowworm traps and catch all of the glowworms that are sniffing the ice flowers. Mm-hmm. But fortunately, since they rescued the moose, the other half aren't stuck, stuck in flowers. So they break them out of the ice flowers. And Phew. they're able to... <laughs> They're able to turn the moose like really quickly. I don't think the moose was really ever uh, in her camp. No. Like no. As, especially as soon as Santa was in the thing, he, he in fact he tries to stop her, and then she sends a spell to to send him to the nowhere zone, which ends up just being a branch a couple of yards south of where the gold worms are. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. Yes, thank so, you. Yeah. I don't well, know if that was just so she could have a rhyming spell, but she's makes a big deal about I'm sending you to the nowhere zone. And it's just over there a couple of times. <laughs> well, I'm going to throw this out there. I don't think she's that great a wizard. <laughs> she would get kicked out of Hogwarts in one semester. When she, when she took the moose to the nowhere zone, I thought, well, why didn't you do that to Santa instead of just ice prison? That's a much yeah. more dangerous spell. Because uh, it turns out it just means 50 yards that way. Yeah. It's not yeah. nowhere zone. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's really hard to tell what the plan was with Santa. Like you trap him in ice, but like, then what? Like, was the idea that if the glow friends didn't come to save Santa Claus, that he would just be there forever? Well, the, it was melting, the, so the roof was the, coming down. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So it was gonna, it was gonna squish Santa, and yeah, eventually, yeah. Which, 
why not just trap him in the ice when he was stuck in the water and then he would be whatever. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And of course, her one thing is she wants to stop Santa from doing Christmas. So she traps him in the ice and then goes somewhere. What else do you have to do? (laughs) This is a classic James Bond villain mistake. You have James Bond. You make sure the job is done. Nope. Got to go over here and, you know, sort my socks or what. I don't know what she did. (laughs) Sorry. Back to to the plot synopsis. Well, so then I, I think that carries us up to um, we, we get to the the sort of third act crisis where Santa's really um, feeling down and out, really f- feeling hopeless. Really, he's he's just he's got the blues, and and when you got the blues, all you can do is is just sing the blues. Yeah, and it wasn't it wasn't sad blues either. It was this uh, upbeat Chicago style blues. <laughs> That's the least bluesy <laughs> blues song I've ever and, heard. And I, I must say the inside of that jail cell is much larger than what it looks on the outside. Yes. <laughs> you got because, a whole eight can-can dancing reindeer in there. <laughs> so all of a sudden he starts to sing, I've got the blues. I've got the, there might not be a Christmas blues or, or something to that effect. Mm-hmm. With all the dancing reindeer singing, like the whatever you call that, he'll say, like, I got the blues. And they'll say, he's got the blues. <laughs> and then I, I guess that, like, as far as his plan went, like, that was it. He was going to just <laughs> sing the blues and, I don't know, hope for the best. He literally is yeah. like, someone will find he, us. That's our only shot. Tra- we can't try and figure out a way out of here. We're not, like, I, if he's in his sleigh, certainly somebody had a present that would cut through ice bars. Well, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I wonder if his plan was to sing that song so someone could would come find him to shut him up. <laughs> <laughs> and fortunately, the glowworms stumble upon him. So no, this, the glow friends, forgive me. <laughs> <laughs> so, so then we get to, to the, the the climactic scene, the most heartwarming scene, the scene that like the inevitable scene, right? The glow friends. How are they going to save Santa? Well, they're going to glow. But they can't glow alone. Glowing is a, is a communal endeavor to save Christmas. Mm-hmm. And so they all make a circle. And this was the, the, like, the, the whole physics of the ice castle and the glowing doesn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. But then there was that moment of like pseudo tension where one of them was like, I can't reach you. And it's like, but you're all standing in a circle. I just stepped like <laughs> just a little bit closer. <laughs> Problem solved. It. <laughs> it's like, oh, my arm's too short. I got to be on my mark. <laughs> But so finally, they, they all glow. They sing a glow song, and they hold hands and they glow. And then the glow melts the ice, but somehow in a way that is more benign than if the ice were to melt, regu- like, just normal style. Right. Because there was a time where the ice is melting, and it looks like it's going to hurt Santa Claus. Right. And then they come along, and they melt the ice, but just, I guess, in a different way, like with their glow powers. Yes, somehow magically. Uh, but it doesn't melt the ice that they're standing on. Nope, not at all. Not one but, bit. Uh, but the uh, uh, the turtle and whoever was on the turtle was able to melt the ice that Blanche was standing on as they were crossing the river to send her down the river. But the ice that Santa was standing on remained frozen. So I'm not sure how glow powers and ice melting physics works. It's almost <laughs> <of> melting. <laughs> and they melt her magic wand. Her magic wand is apparently also made of ice. Oh, yeah. It looks like a lightning yeah. bolt. Right. 
And don't think I didn't notice that it was using Star Wars sound effects whenever that she was using that magic wand. I'm like, that is a lightsaber battle, specifically the one from Empire. <laughs> <laughs> is it really? Yeah. Now we're all like, hmm. <laughs> now I, oh man, I didn't want to go back and watch this. <laughs> yeah, now we have to. <laughs> Uh, so anyway, Santa's Santa's uh, back. Hooray! She's, he's free from the ice. He goes and delivers presents, and oh, he asks the moose to help him get out of there, and the glowworms to light his way to light his way, because apparently they need any light all of a sudden. Yeah, because well, they was, left Rudolph home. You don't leave Rudolph home yeah. because they couldn't afford the rights to Rudolph. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it was. He he gets too much per episode now. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so let's put this into context, right? This is one of those TV specials that came out in the mid eighties, like the, the cabbage patch kids first Christmas, Santa comes to pack land, deck the halls with wacky walls. There was a Ziggy, uh, like these very, uh, cartoons based on a, on a, um, a toy is basically not even a thinly veiled, just a blatant advertisement for that mm-hmm. toy. But of all of them, like, honestly, if, if you go back and watch the Cabbage Patch Kids first Christmas, like, it's not bad. It, I mean, it's not good, but it's not bad either. It's not like um, as bad as you would imagine it would be. And I feel like that's maybe why I'm willing to give this one a pass. Like, it's, you know, it has that, that like cheesy 80s product placement feel where it's just sort of like they have a character just like give us a character. We'll make a plot around it and basically make a half hour commercial out of it. But you know, like storytelling wise, it's not the worst thing in the world. Um, I could Brian th- raves. It's not the worst thing in the world. <laughs> yeah. Put that on the box. <laughs> it's not glowing praise. But so, did anyone um, notice Santa's ears? Yes, yes, he had elf ears. Yes, elf ears. Yeah, elf ears. And we. So I'll tell you, I watched this um, a couple of times. I, you know, I've seen it before, and then I watched it again um, last week in preparation for this. And then I watched it over Thanksgiving with some kids I was hanging out with, this 10-year-old kid. And that was the first thing that she noticed was that Santa had elf ears. And she was saying, why? And I was like, well, you know, on the night before Christmas, he's described as a right jolly old elf. Maybe that's why. And like, you know, she bought that one pretty quickly. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, it, that was one of the first things she noticed about Santa is that he's perhaps not fully human. Or not meant to appear fully human. He's meant to look like a, like an elf. I watched this whole thing and didn't even notice his ears. <laughs> I'm trying to think. The only like trivia, like behind the scenes stuff, is uh, Sally Struthers and Carol O'Connor, of course, uh, Archie Bunker, and I forget what Sally Struthers' character on All in the Family was, but little reunion of sorts for them. Assuming they were in the same room when they did it. I and, doubt course, it. <laughs> the Mooster's voice. The Moose, voiced by Lorenzo Music. Yes, Otherwise the voice of Garfield. Garfield. There's a fly around here. Yes, <laughs> and this is the first time I've ever heard Lorenzo Music try and use a different voice. He has kind of a nervous lisp with this moose. Every other thing I've ever heard Lorenzo Music do, it's just he's got resting Garfield voice. <laughs> <laughs> but this he kind of tried to branch out, and then I guess he decided, well, that went terribly. I'm going to make Peter Venkman just sound like he ate Garfield. <laughs> so do you guys have a favorite 80s um christmas cartoon in this vein i like the ziggy one quite a bit it's got a it's got really? a nice yeah i like it it is very heartwarming and yeah it's really sweet and sappy 
Uh, out of the ones you mentioned, Pac-Land is my favorite, but I think my favorite existing toy crossover into a Christmas special has to be He-Man and She-Man. Oh, absolutely. Yep. <laughs> they did a Christmas special for He-Man? Oh, my yeah. goodness, yes. You've never seen that? Oh. We should have done that. Yeah, it has a face um, turn and everything. Yeah, it's uh, He-Man and She-Ra. And what is it? Is that the name of it? It's like He-Man and She-Ra. He-Man Celebrate and Christmas. She-Ra, a Christmas special. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very, I, very creative. Yeah, that's I, I, a I remember I a Yogi Bear Christmas special uh, where Yogi hibernated, but it had to wake up early and he got to celebrate Christmas. Oh, Yogi's first Christmas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's something that I remember from back then. That was like all the, the Hanna-Barbera characters, like all of them from mm. all the, you know, like Snagglepuss and the Pink Panther or like all those guys are in that one. Is that yeah. the one where they're all hanging out of the ski lodge? Yes. Okay. They all get snowed in. It's like one of those yeah. plots. And then there's um there's another one. This one makes absolutely no sense. Not that these other ones do make any kind of sense, but there's <laughs> remember that you know the comic strip BC. Oh yes, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's the yeah. BC Christmas special. I was like, oh, oh wow, <laughs> uh, guys, let's do this again with that one. Didn't the Flintstones <laughs> the also Flintstones. have a Christmas yeah, special? Yeah, yeah, they had a few. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Flintstones had some. Well, they had one where they're, it's basically they're doing a Christmas carol. Yes. I don't mm-hmm. know if that's from the same era because that also makes me think of the mystery. No, I think one. that one, I think that one they did in the 90s. Oh, but really? And they had one where Fred kind of needs to take over for Santa. And I think that's earlier. Okay. I'm not sure yeah. how early. I, I would say 70s at some point. But Flintstone Christmas Carol is definitely way newer than that. Yeah, I think it was for the Cartoon Network. It was okay. like a special for the Cartoon Network. So. So I looked it up, and this was technically in the 80s, 1989. I'm going to go with the the Simpsons roasting on an open fire for my Christmas special. Another special <laughs> that triggered a series, but remarkably better than this one. Oh, yeah. So I'm trying to think if there are um, any, like, they don't really do these anymore, right? These are definitely of a bygone era. I, I would say that, like, sometime in the 90s, they stopped, and especially the style of animation, like the 2D. Uh, you know, hand-drawn animation. I know um, the, uh, oh, what is it called? It just just fell out of my head. The Mickey Mouse one with the the Mickey Mouse Clubhouse had a Christmas special where they had to help Santa. Okay. So it was kind of, it was a half-hour Christmas special. I mean, they don't, I don't know if it's like a popular one that they run every year. I mean, they must. they do. Oh, okay. There (laughs) you go. I know it was popular in my house for about a year and a half. Yep. I'm quite so sheltered down here. We don't have any of those play on no. our TV. We have YouTube. I suppose you can. <laughs> yeah, we now, yeah. <laughs> a, lot, a lot of catching up to do. Pretty sure That's that a- Mickey Mouse Clubhouse one is on Disney+. Plus. We, we don't have that yet. Oh, Shortly. no. About, oh, the whole country? About a month, I think. It's okay. coming. Yeah. Then no Mandalorian spoilers. We'll keep them tight. <laughs> yeah. I've seen the trailer. That looks good. But with these um, crossover Christmas specials, the uh, product placement uh, cartoons from the 80s, it seems like there are two basic plots, right? There's someone has to save Christmas because Santa is in jeopardy, or someone has to learn the true meaning of Christmas because they're not familiar with it. Like the Cabbage Patch Kids, they, they'd never you know, heard of Christmas before. I think that's the same with Ziggy. Isn't that the plot? He has to say, find the true meaning of Christmas. Mm-hmm. Uh, deck the Halls with Wacky Walls. And by the way, for anyone like listening or watching who does, doesn't know what that is, those wacky wall walkers, in my experience with those is they used to come in boxes of um, Fruit Loops. Like yes. that would be like the prize, yeah. you know, and you, 
the, there were these octopus things that were rubber and sticky. You throw them to the, on a wall and they would appear to crawl down the wall. Those had their own Christmas special uh, in which they were space aliens who come to Earth and they have to learn the true meaning of Christmas. I feel like that's one where the most amount of thought had to be put into it. Cause like, like what, do, how are we going to sell this? Like, how are we going to make this work? <laughs> Give me something. I need something. I think we can stop talking about the current generation of kids having worse TV than we did. Cause clearly they did not. <laughs> nice. <laughs> well, I will say that's, this is the generation that I'm from is the one that gave us that iconic cartoon of the kid ice skating and he falls down and he's wiping tears from his eyes. And then Ronald McDonald shows up and they <laughs> ice skate together. <laughs> one of the few times I've ever maybe like been moved to tears watching a, a TV commercial. You don't get that anymore. Now I just want a Big Mac. <laughs> um, you know the fox and, and the her neck scarfy fox. Uh-huh. Um, that was Charlie Adler, who incidentally voiced Starscream in all the Transformers films. Oh, really? Yeah. So he's gone on to big things. Yeah, and he was also <laughs> the voice of Buster Bunny, which you can kind of hear from Tiny Toon Adventures. Oh, yes, oh, yes, yeah. yeah. Oh, do we want to talk about voices? I have them all written down. Well, not all of them, but there are a few. Uh, Glowworm, who's kind of the leader of the Glow Friends here. We all know Glowworm. I still have my Glowworm, but uh, he's voiced by Pat Fraley. He's got a whole big, huge resume of voices that he's done in the 80s. But my favorite is in the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles cartoon, he was the voice of Krang. Ah, so Krang yes. put those two Ooh. together. And Why didn't they have a Christmas special? They did, what? but not the not animated. It was like you remember the coming out of the shells tour where it was the live action oh, turtles and they yes. were really bad. Yeah, it was those turtles had a Christmas special. Oh, and, no. oh it's it it it's on this level. <laughs> oh. Well then I'll <laughs> skip it. <laughs> yeah. Wasn't yeah, the dude who voiced Slimer and the real Ghostbusters also in this? That's Frank Welker. Yeah, he was just some minor character. One of the other uh, glow friends who has one line and then is out of there. And I think he was one of Santa's elves real quickly. Yes. I was like, I I heard him twice at least. Yeah, you can hear him. And then the only one that I knew right off the top of my head was Laurie O'Brien, who's the voice of Piggy and Muppet Babies, is Baby Glowworm in this. Because it's just her baby piggy voice. And I was just like, hey, I know that. <laughs> and I think Russie Taylor shows up to do a voice, to do a line or two, which she did a lot. Uh, she's most famous as the voice of Minnie Mouse, but she was also Huey, Dewey, and Louie on DuckTales. So yeah, I think it was somewhere close to, uh, actually, you know, she was also Martin Prince on The Simpsons. So it, the, uh, the, one of the smarter glow friends. Glow Bookworm, there it is, uh, has the Rusty Taylor Martin Prince voice. Which one of these characters do you identify with the most? <laughs> uh, Blanche? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> not not her, uh, her anti-Christmas thing, but her anti-Glowworm thing. I'm like, get him, get him! <laughs> <laughs> oh, the, the Glowworm's... They reminded me a lot of the Smurfs because there was one for like each kind of thing. You had one show up out of nowhere with that had a baseball bat and <laughs> talked talk like he was, you know, the sports guy. And then you had the 
the painter with the paint all over his white jacket. It was, so it's like, oh, oh, yeah. And we forgot about that. Room. That's another 80s cartoon, uh, Tis the Season to be Smurfy, yeah. which is another one that's actually not terrible. Better than that. I don't know if I trust your judgment on these anymore. <laughs> <laughs> you gave this a four. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I think it's... <laughs> I think it, it's so hard to watch something like this as an adult that you have fond memories of as a kid, because on the one hand, you're, you're definitely like um, some of the, the bloom is off the rose, right? You're like, why did I like this when I was a kid? But like at the same time, it's triggering those warm memories. Mm-hmm. So it's, it, it leaves you feeling a little bit like disoriented, right? Because on the one hand, you, you're sort of triggering this nice memory. And on the other hand, you're kind of coming out. It's like that feeling of coming out of a warm bath and knowing that like you can't go back into the warm bath. So I think it's, um, I don't know. That's where I'm coming from with all that. It just, it takes me back to that time and anything that can do that is going to get a plus in my book. But then, yes, it's, it's plain to see that on its face, this is a pretty terrible, uh, you know, the the quality of animation's not that good. The plot's not all that great. Um, But also, I don't know. I kind of wish we could go back to a time like that, where it's something that's popular. If something is popular enough, like in the eighties, there was, if something was popular, there'd be a toy. There would be its own line of breakfast cereal. There would be a cartoon in a full line of merchandise. As yeah. far as I know, there was like strawberry shortcake cereal. There was, um, and they had all those mm-hmm. Christmas cereals. Remember like the Smurfberry Crunch Christmas cereal and Captain Crunch Christmas? They and, still have that. Yeah. Do they? Well, the, the Captain Crunch Christmas, yeah. I saw the Rice Krispies where there's nothing special about them except that some of them are randomly red or green. They don't taste <laughs> different. Well, see, if they did that now, the, the, the popular thing would be a lady yelling at a cat. And uh, <laughs> that's hard to make cereal out of, and a cartoon special out of. Well, they made they they made a Star Wars cereal, and they had a bunch of those. I remember C three POs when I was a kid. Uh, I mean, right now there's one for yeah, the yeah. the new movies coming out. Yeah, there's a dark side and a light side one. Spoiler alert: oh, really? They're both off brand Lucky Charms. <laughs> we didn't have any of that. No, no, we've only been around since the seventies as a country. <laughs> <laughs> no, pretty sheltered. Well, back I remember back when I was old enough to watch those and eat that cereal. We were outside, you know. We not like the kids of today, which they have got all these screens. Back then, we were just outside and uh, we didn't watch much TV. Also, summer there. Yeah, and yeah, two true. two two TV channels: channel uh, one and channel two. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah as you say it was it's summer here so we were outside so mm-hmm. it's a completely different experience so you watching it for the first time almost certainly do not have the same experience with it that i have <laughs> no, watching it no. 40 odd years later yeah and to get a little bit sidetracked even like it's a wonderful life which i love as a movie now i only saw for the first time for maybe two three years ago Hmm. And, oh, wow. I, and it took, took me about three attempts to actually get through it because the first time I'm like, what is this? Why do people love it? Yeah. Um, now it's one of my favorites. So uh, I just persisted with it. And now I have a history with it. So it would have been the same perhaps if I had grown up with this as well. It's an sooner. interesting question. Are, are there any quote unquote Christmas classics that anyone here is like either not seen or saw much, much later in life? Um, Christmas in Connecticut was another one I've only just recently seen. Yeah, I saw um, that as an adult. And and White Christmas maybe about six years ago. Yeah, you know that's the same for me. I've only seen that recently, and the very first time I ever saw the story play out was in a stage production. 
um, that I went to with my family. And then I, I decided to watch the movie. And then what's the one there's, there's not everything from that bygone era is um, stands the test of time. What is the one where Fred Rod, Fred Astaire and Bing Crosby are in, it's like the something in. Holiday Yeah. Yeah. That was from before yeah, White yeah. Christmas. Yeah. Where there's um yeah there's like a little a form of entertainment that uh, thankfully is no longer uh, popular, so it came from the vaudeville era and I'm just gonna leave it there. Watch at your own peril, guys. It's, uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, it doesn't really hold up today. I still don't think I've seen all of White Christmas. At like now, like I still haven't seen it. Hmm. We watched yeah. uh, we watched White Christmas and Holiday Inn. And I remember watching those in the fifth grade. Uh, like the last week before Christmas vacation, our teacher showed us both of them. And at, at whatever age you are in the fifth grade, it, they didn't hold our attention very well. So I <laughs> <laughs> put them on the back, you know, I put them on the, on the shelf for quite a while and probably watched them again in my mid twenties in, uh, and could appreciate them then. So um, getting back to the idea of the eighties cartoons, would you guys say that Garfield, um, that cartoon is in the same vein. I mean, it's based on uh, something that was already popular in its own right, had its own line of merch, and then inevitably had its own Christmas uh, cartoon special. But for some reason, a lot of people, I think, hold that with a lot more reverence or something. Like, it's, it's a lot of people that I know, it's their, very, their favorite Christmas cartoon of all. Um, wow. yeah. I kind of feel like it's in the same, you know, take it or leave it, it's fine. Yeah. If it's on, I'll watch it kind of thing. It's pretty good. If I remember right, I think it was up for some awards too, uh, the year it came out. But for some reason, it, it just didn't hold very well like some of the other ones. I don't know if it's because I think it. Yeah, sorry, mm-hmm. sorry to interrupt. I think That's it was right. nominated for an Emmy, but was it really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, they they give these uh, Emmys for outstanding animated special or outstanding outstanding uh, children's special. So a lot of Christmas specials like that would win in the 80s. The only reason Garfield didn't win that year was because the Claymation Christmas special won that year, which and that is just a feat in and of itself. <laughs> which Claymation one? Uh, the one with the California Raisins yeah. and Rudolph oh, Reddit's yeah. reindeer. And yeah, yeah. I remember watching that live when I was a kid and, and the hype up, build up to it. And oh, yeah. as a kid, I was so disappointed because I wanted more raisins. There was not enough. There was not enough raisins in that show. No, they kind of shoehorn them into the end, so they have to. You have to watch the whole thing just yeah. to get to the raisins. That's how they. I get went you. to go see like the California raisins on ice, and it was the same thing. They didn't bring the raisins out to like the very end. I'm like, I only yeah. came here for raisins. Yeah. It wasn't like I was a huge ice skating fan. Yeah. I'm like, oh, I hope she does a plie yeah. or whatever yeah. you do in ice skating. I just wanted to see the raisins. <laughs> had to go to make that, that that point in my life. Had to go to McDonald's and try to collect all 155 raisin toys that came in the Happy oh, Meal. Wow. wow. <laughs> whatever it was <laughs> it was like the smurfs it's it all goes ladies all go back to the smurfs so. and, the and that raisins one is um <laughs> probably the purest form of of like marketing right wasn't it like the california raisin council or something had put together yeah. that whole thing because raisins oh, yeah. right. their sales had fallen really flat i think people mm-hmm. kind of associated them with like prunes they're basically the same thing mm-hmm. and so they just created these characters out of whole cloth specifically to help sell raisins and then it was almost like those uh, Geico cavemen where they just became popular in their own right. And then the next thing you know, yeah. they have a Christmas special. Yeah. And we see it now with avocados. Avocado characters are everywhere. Oh, really? Because some PR people got a hold of avocados and, and turning turning their uh, PR around for the better. Yeah. So. The raisins and, thing was after their failed attempt to get in Back to the Future. 
uh, they paid a bunch of money for a sponsorship and you can only see one billboard on a bus bench that the homeless guy is on at the very end. And so when the movie came out, they're like, we will be taking our money back and suing you now. <laughs> really? <laughs> Did not know that. <laughs> all right. Is it time to wrap this one up? I mean, I think we've mined all the gold we can out of the glow friends. <laughs> Although what is the connection between the, the glow friends and Teddy Ruxpin? Are, are they, Weren't they this in the same family? I mean, they might both be Hasbro. I thought like wasn't didn't Teddy Ruxpin have a friend who was some kind of worm? He did. His name was Grubby, but he Grubby. did not glow. Oh, he wasn't right. a glow. Okay, he, he was just not, a regular no. old worm. Uh, yeah, yeah gl- <laughs> and glow worm was separate. But the glow friends they did have little. They were smaller rubber figures like Smurfs and Care mm-hmm. Bears, and they were that sort of line. So every character you see in this special already existed so that's why you get scenes where they have to say their names mm-hmm. <laughs> or just like hand me that pie bashful bug or <laughs> <laughs> bashful bug i really wish so, uh, the... so parents know who to buy well i'm assuming the version we all saw was the one that's on youtube where the commercials are cut out but it would be mm-hmm. really interesting to watch it in context and like see what all the commercial because like obviously oh, yeah. they're all for the glow friends and it's really interesting. Some of the older cartoon specials like Rudolph, when that first came out in the 60s, this was from back in the day where like a sponsor would run the entire show, right? Like, you know, now you mm-hmm. see a show and it's brought to you by, you know, like Tide and Whisk mm-hmm. and like all these. But it was not uncommon for one sponsor to have the entire show to themselves. Right. And that even the characters from that show would appear in the commercials during the commercial breaks to create a sense of continuity. And so when I was doing my episode on Rudolph, the person I was talking to was describing all this to me. And I've been trying really hard to find that because apparently when they went to commercial breaks, it was the same claymation characters who were selling like General Electric stuff mm-hmm. because GE had sponsored the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And I'm not able to find those anywhere, but I'd love to see those. And I'm sure like in the 80s, when this thing came out, they were, it was all like Glow Friends commercials. And it would just be really interesting to see how it tied in with the actual yeah. content of the yeah. show. Pro- probably a lot of Hasbro commercials and. My Little Pony and that kind of stuff. Well, I'm sure Ronald McDonald skated by to pick that kid up. <laughs> <laughs> I have to yeah. say, I watched this. I didn't, I clicked on a different YouTube uh, video and I like it got to the point where they had rescued Santa and I looked at the, the, the bar and it still had 20 minutes left. I was like, what are they going to do for another 20 minutes? Santa's rescued. And then it went credits and it started another episode of just the random glow friends. I was like, I'm done. (laughs) Oh, that was the best. That was the best ending in the world. (laughs) But no commercials on that one either. Mm. All right. Well, if anyone would like to watch the glow friends save Christmas, it is just a YouTube search away. Uh, so if you have 22 minutes uh, to take a trip back to the 80s <laughs> or not, if you have 22 minutes that you'd like to save and do something else with, you can. Uh, that's certainly an option too. But no, anyone who's a child of the 70s and 80s who wants to take a little trip down memory lane, I, it, it's, it's 20 minutes well spent. It's 20 minutes of your life you'll never get back. I think we can all agree on that. But um, if, if there's nothing else going on, you may as well check it out. Todd, if any you have a bunch bu- of friends at a Christmas party and you want to do a Mystery Science Theater 3000 style event, this is, you, boom, you're in there, you're out of there, 20 minutes, everybody gets their jokes in, you'll have a good time. <laughs> <laughs> Todd, parting thoughts from you? Um, it was definitely 80s. <laughs> um, the moose, I think, was the best part of it. 
And this, and I couldn't even tell you why, probably just because he just reminded me of Garfield. (laughs) (laughs) But I would say if you want to see it, it, it's 20 minutes that you won't terribly regret. (laughs) (laughs) Todd raves, you won't terribly regret it. (laughs) All right, Dwayne, parting thoughts? I know I was a little bit hard on it, but it really did bring back nostalgia of the 80s, even mm-hmm. though it in itself I wouldn't watch again. Um, I think I'm going to hunt out the Yogi Bear one and some of the other mm-hmm. ones that we've mentioned just for the nostalgia of it. So it did do that. I will say the Yogi Bear one is really hard to find. It's not on YouTube. Um, or if it is, I, I just haven't been able to find it. I think that one, uh, whoever owns that content has been able to to kind of keep a lid on it. Oh, if I find it, I'll let you know. Yeah. Yeah. And I should say, I'm a big collector of those. um, And this is only people of a certain age will know what I'm talking about. Those uh, storybooks that came with a 45 record. You guys remember those? Mm -hmm. And the record will play, you know, the story in the book and say, Mm -hmm. when you hear the chimes, it's time to turn the page. I have a ton of Christmas ones of those, um, including this uh, Santa Claus, a Christmas um, Pac-Man one where baby Pac-Man has to like make presents for his kid. If anyone, so little plug, go to my YouTube channel right now and you can, I made a video where I'm sitting in front of a cardboard fireplace listening to this because the story is only 10 minutes long. So it's sort of like you log so you can hear the whole story. And I got a couple more of those coming out. But the reason I'm mentioning this is because back to the 80s, there's a strawberry shortcake one, which is a bizarre story. Like strawberry shortcake and blueberry muffin and all of her friends are in the story. And as far as I know, the only version of it is this uh, record and storybook thing. So I'm going to make a video and put it on my YouTube channel so everyone can check it out. That also, you can find uh, the Yogi Bear Christmas on Daily Motion. Oh, oh cool. good old Daily Motion. That's where we the- don't um, care about copyright infringement. Daily Motion. <laughs> That's where the Santa <laughs> Pac-Man one is. And there's also on Daily Motion a fairly good um, Inspector Gadget Christmas special. I've seen that. Yeah, have you? Yes. Do you agree it with doesn't my sound like it was any good? That it's fairly good? It, it, Mike, with that, with your... Off you go. <laughs> I'll have to hunt that one out too. Because I do remember Inspector Gadget from... The 80s, late 80s, early 90s would be. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, we had Saturday morning TV, Inspector Gadget was on there. So, mm-hmm. yeah. All right, Tim, that leaves it to you to bring it on home with our final report on Glow Friend Save Christmas. Well, even though uh, I assume it did not win the Emmy that year, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, like, like Dwayne said, we're being hard on it, but it, uh, it was still, it's, uh, there's another podcast I listen to where they rate movies called like, uh, is it a bad, bad movie, a good, bad movie or a movie you kind of liked? I definitely didn't kind of like it, but I would say this is definitely the good, bad kind of movie. Like mm-hmm. it's bad in a way that it's in- enjoyable to watch and make fun, you know, make goof em ups with your friends. So t- watch 20 minutes, <laughs> take 20 minutes and give yourself a laugh. Well, on that note, from all of us to all of you. Merry Christmas and happy viewing. Thanks so much for watching, and we'll see you again real soon. Merry Christmas! Good night, everybody. Good night. Good day. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I hope you enjoyed listening to us share our thoughts about the Glow Friend Save Christmas, and now I'd love to know what you think. Check it out on YouTube and then join the conversation on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. 
And until we meet again, let me remind you that Christmas Past is produced in sunny San Mateo, California by yours truly, Brian Earle. Thanks so much to Dwayne Bailey, Todd Killian, Tim Babb, and Mike Westfall. And as always, thank you for listening. And as the countdown to Christmas grows shorter, may your days be merry and bright. <laughs>